New week, fresh energy, new edition of shows. Let's get it popping. It's springtime. Pongin is flying around like nobody's business, but you did not come to hear me talk about the yellow substance that gives people allergies. No, you are here for the hottest form of Alabama football talk. It's in my own words. With yours truly, Stephen Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine, as I am here in studios. People, we will get to Mac Jones. I know you're here for Mac Jones in that conversation. We will get to that. Spring ball still in flow. We will have time to get to that. But right now, on this special edition of the podcast, there's a more pressing matter. On Tuesday, March 19th, Alabama held its annual Pro Day. There were eight general managers for the National Football League in attendance and at least one representative from 16 of the 32 NFL teams watching, observing, examining, evaluating the number of former players that are trying to improve, develop, generate, grow a draft stock. And while that was going on, eight assistant coaches got contracts approved by the University of Alabama Board of Trustees. That's right, eight assistant coaches got paid. I'm going to dive into the contracts for seven of these guys before I talk about the eighth one that was alarming, perplexing, and Alabama's got to do something about that one. So starting off with the first seven, which include Steve Sarkeesian, offensive coordinator and quarterback's coach, Pete Golding, defensive coordinator and inside linebacker's coach, Charles Kelly, associate defensive coordinator and safeties coach, Brian Baker, defensive line coach, Kyle Flood, offensive line coach, Sal Sanceri, outside linebackers coach, and uh, Charles Huff, running backs coach. Now, according to an article from USA Today, the University of Alabama paid its assistant coaches a little bit over $7.5 million. Now, $565,000 were used to handle buyouts for the particular coaches that came in from other programs. So when you look at Steve Sarkeesian, first and foremost, he's a million-dollar man, $1.55 million. Pete Golding, right behind him, million-dollar man, $1.1 million. Charles Kelly, $800,000. He's got a $110,000 buyout from the Tennessee Volunteers. Alabama's taking care of that. Brian Baker, $750,000. He's got a buyout from Mississippi State of $200,000. Saban taking care of that. Uh, Kyle Flood and Sal Sanceri both at $650,000. Sanceri has a $120,000 buyout from the Florida Gators. Alabama's taking care of that. And Charles Huff, $525,000. He's got a buyout of $140,000 from Mississippi State. Alabama taking care of that. So, that's where all the contracts are concerned. The one deal that was perplexing to me, the one deal that was alarming for me, was the deal for Scott Cochran, Alabama's director of strength and conditioning. $595,000. Now, for yours truly, I'm the average Joe. I work, I work a nine to five, right? I just enjoy covering college football. And for you, the devoted, the passionate, 
the want to be in the know Alabama fan. You know, if we come up on $595,000, we good. Where do I sign? Where's the contact? Where's the contract? Let me put my John Hancock signature on the paper. You know, call up the wife. Baby, we'd have made it to the east side. Get the keys. We got the pie. We made it. Right? That's that's the whole ordeal. That's how we're feeling. But for a guy like Scott Cochran, who's been there, done that, he is one of two longest tenured coaches with Nick Saban, along with Burton Burns. Devoted. Dedicated. Responsible, down to ride for this program. For him to only get $595,000 is a problem, especially when, if you look at via USA Today, the highest paid strength coach in college football is Clemson's Joey Batson, who's making $600,000 a year. You mean to tell me Joey Batson? is worth $5,000 more than Scott Cochran. I mean, Clemson just found a way to beat Alabama again. You beat Alabama in the national championship game. You beat Alabama prior to that by getting the five-star receiver, Justin Ross, to commit to the Tigers over Alabama, the native, the native of Phoenix City, Alabama. And why did Justin Ross choose Clemson over Alabama? Well, from his own lips... I like the Dabble Sweetie program. I think it's way more fun. I think his coaching staff has way more continuity. I just feel a family vibe over there. And Justin Ross goes right to Clemson. And for number three, here is Scott Cochran being valued $5,000 less than one Joey Batson of those Clemson Tigers. This is not the first time where... Alabama has kind of been skimpy with the checkbook to a coach that should be paid his worth, that should be appreciated for what he has really done, the value he has really brought to the program. I mentioned Burton Burns early on. Burton Burns will be 66 years old on October 27th of this year. He was the running back coach for 11 seasons, 2007 to 2017. 11 seasons. During that time frame, Burton Burns produced nine 1,000-yard backs. We're looking at Glenn Coffey, 2008, 1,383 yards. Mark Ingram, 2009, 1,658 yards. Trent Richardson, 2011, 1,679 yards. Eddie Lacy and TJ Yeldon in 2012 were both 1,000-yard backs. 2013, T.J. Yeldon, 1,235 yards. Derrick Henry, 2015, the first 2,000-yard back, 2,219 yards. Damian Harris, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons in 2016 and 2017. So we're looking at two, we're looking at 9,000-yard backs in 11 seasons for Burton Burns. Not just that. During his time with the Crimson Tide, Barton Burns, we're talking two Heisman winners, Mark Ingram, Derrick Henry. Three Heisman finalists, Mark Ingram, Trent Richardson, Derrick Henry. Three All-Americans, Ingram, Richardson, Henry. Two first-round draft picks, Ingram and Richardson. And Barton Burns did all of this before Alabama's recruiting really, really, really started to take off. 
Burton Burns and all of this before Alabama really started to take off in recruiting. And he did all of this while being just about at the bottom of the barrel in terms of payroll. He was making between $400,000 and $425,000 a year. Once again, to the average Joe, that's perfect. For the average Joe, that's fine. But for somebody that's been there, done that, dedicated, and shown the longevity to a program, and he's seeing guys just now coming in making $1 million, $1.5 million, $1.2 million, $800,000, $750,000, and coaches are coming and going, but every time they come in, they're making more than him. That's going to have Burton Burns feel some type of way because he's like, I've been here for the long haul, yet I'm at the bottom of the totem pole here. For the first time since 2014, this past year, Alabama did not have a 1,000-yard rusher. 2014, the only reason why I did not have a 1,000-yard rusher, you go back to the first college football playoff semifinal between Alabama and Ohio State. You can thank Lane Kiffin for that. Did not trust the running game. If he did, Derrick Henry would have been a 1,000-yard rusher in 2014. Instead, he was stuck at 990 yards. And then behind him, T.J. Yeldon had 979 yards, but that's besides the point. For the first time since 2014, this past year, Alabama did not have a 1,000-yard rusher. And the reason being for that was Barton Burns was moved to an off-field role. They claimed it was health-related, but Barton Burns was moved to an off-field role. And you had Joe Pannunzio coaching the backs. No offense to Coach P. Great off-field guy. Great person. Great character. But Coach P does not scream running backs coach. He is a personnel guy. He is an administrative guy. He's a guy that works upstairs. You don't identify Coach P with being a down and the crying, down and the dirty guy that can identify with backs. When you say the word running backs in Alabama, your first mental image is Burton Burns because he identified with those players. He connected the dots with those players. He had different coaching tendencies, different ways to get the most out of guys. Najee Harris had happy feet last year at times going for the hole. Burton Burns would have corrected that. As you saw, Coach P was not able to correct that. In the same way that Burton Burns kind of got short shaft with the paycheck, this exact thing is going on with, Scott, with Coach Scott Cochran right now. Nick Saban is not at the is not at work 24 hours a day. He's not inside that program 24 hours a day. You got coaches at this program that can clock in, clock out, go home, kiss the wife, kiss the kids, eat a meal, watch I Love Lucy, and go to bed. Scott Cochran is not one of those coaches. His wife, Miss Sissy Cochran, has to be the most understanding woman in the world because while everybody else gets to clock in and clock out, including Saban, Scott Cochran's like, baby, I I would love to go home, but 
Derrick Henry's here, and he's trying to train for the offseason. I, I got to make sure Derrick's okay. Uh, Julio Jones is in here. He's trying to get his training done. You know he doesn't like to do it in Atlanta. He loves to come, he loves to come back to Tuscaloosa and do it in our facility. I got to make sure Julio's good. Baby, I love to come home, but Xavier McKinney is trying to get this deadlift, his deadlift weight down. I got to make sure X is on point. Baby, I want to come home, but, got, but I got to make sure everybody is at their pit, is at their top top tier peak physical condition baby I want to come home but I gotta make sure I'm giving that right conversation to all of our players Scott Cochran is at this program year round he can't clock in and clock out he's there 24 hours a day People claim Nick Saban is underpaid if Nick Saban is underpaid Scott Cochran's in a recession all right. If Nick Saban's underpaid, Scott Cochran is in a serious recession. You look at some of the players that Cochran has transformed in terms of uh, body structure here. Levi Wallace came in soaking wet 160 pounds. Scott Cochran got through with that boy. He in the NFL. Minka Fitzpatrick, Calvin Ridley, A.J. McCarron, Christian Miller. I mean, when, when Scott Cochran got done with Christian Miller, his father, Corey Miller, had to hug him and say, I gave my boy to Alabama. I gave my boy to Scott Cochran, and I'm proud to see that my boy is about to go to the NFL in way better shape physically, mentally, emotionally because of Scott Cochran. I've already mentioned Derrick Henry and Julio Jones as former players. They don't like to stay in the NFL for their training. Every summer, they come home to Alabama, not just because of the facilities, though those are good. They come home because of Scott Cochran. You take the venom out of a snake, what do you got? A belt. You remove Scott Cochran from Alabama football. Is it really Bama football? Think about it now. You remove Scott Cochran from Bama football. Is it really Bama football? No. You remove Scott Cochran from Bama football, it's Nick Saban with no bite, it's Nick Saban with no passion, it's Nick Saban with no intensity, it's Nick Saban with no pulse. Scott Cochran controls all of that. Saban's the general, Saban's the figurehead, Saban's the guy, but Scott Cochran's the pulse. Scott Cochran's the heartbeat. Without a heartbeat, without a pulse, you're dead. And uh, for everybody that says, or the reason why Scott Cochran didn't get paid, look at the national championship game. Them boys' mind went right. You saw how Alabama got embarrassed by Clemson. Let me check that right there. That was not on Scott Cochran. Scott Cochran's job is to get these guys in tip-top peak physical condition and make sure they stay that way in Alabama and as they transition on to the National Football League. The reason why Alabama lost that game to Clemson, two reasons. Number one, Bama got flat out coached by one man, Brent Venables. Not Dabo Sweeney, no. Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator. He had Alabama's number from day one to a point to where the players for the Tigers said themselves, we, we spent one day in preparation for Notre Dame. We were prepared for Bama. And for, from start to finish, you saw that. So, Brent Venables. But number two reason, you had coaches on Alabama staff that minds were not even in the game. Their mind was somewhere in Timbuktu, and the players did not get their undivided attention. 
Tua Tagovailoa did not get the undivided attention of Mike Loxley or Dan Enos. Why? Because Coach Locke's mind was on Maryland. Coach Enos's mind was on Miami. Tosh Lapoy's mind, I don't know where his mind was because he had trouble coaching the whole year. Josh Gaddis' mind was on Michigan. And by the time the game ended, the coaches jumped on the planes and flew the coop. And where was Scott Cochran? Going back to the Alabama Players Facility, getting back to the drawing board. Dedication. Loyalty. Faithfulness to this program. Scott Cochran. For Alabama fans, when you look at tired football, what excites you? It's that man that goes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's the third. It's third down. Get on your feet. It's the fourth quarter. It's Bama time. It's winning time. I want you to make this the loudest stadium in the country. You look for that man. And when you don't hear that man, you're wondering, what's going on? I don't hear Cochran. I don't hear that booming voice. I don't hear that voice that gets me pumped up, that gets me ready to go. Where is that? That's the voice you look for. That's the voice of importance. As important as Nick Saban is, Scott Cochran is just that much important, if not more so, because it wasn't that much long ago, folks. Kirby Smart wanted Scott Cochran. Kirby Smart in his mind thought, if I can get Cochran, I can end Nick Saban. I can eliminate Nick Saban. He had to settle for Mel Tucker, but he wanted Scott Cochran. Nick Saban had to, Nick Saban had to, break, had to break Cochran off a little change, but at some point, when does Cochran become the million-dollar man he deserves to be because of what he has done in terms of this program? I'll leave you with this. One of the biggest music groups in rap, Cash Money Records, started off great, but then faltered and flamed out. Why? Birdman, Baby, Brian Williams, Stingy with the Money, did not support Lil Brudnam, Stingy with the Funds. In terms of Rick Ross, he may not be the best rapper of all time, but in terms of his beat picking, the brother can pick some beats. In one of his songs, When Idols Become Rivals, he sat there and mentioned, how can you, you being Birdman, touch almost a billion dollars and yet your team starving? You can't forget about Lil Brunner. I'll never forget about Lil Brunner. In terms of Nick Saban, Scott Cochran is your Lil Brunner. Scott Cochran has been there for you. Scott Cochran has been the ride or die. At what point is Alabama going to truly pay Scott Cochran, make him that million-dollar man, and show him how much he's appreciated? Because at some point, there's going to be a program that's going to have an offer, a big offer, a tempting offer, because they know how big and how important Cochran is. It's time to give a little blood in them. Scott Cochran, his due. We'll be back to start the fresh week of shows off, folks, with Mac Jones. I had to do that. As always, check out the podcast. Download the Touchdown Alabama Magazine app, your number one source, your stop shop for all things Thai football. Google Play Store, Team Android, iPhone App Store, Team Apple. 
podcast options. You know them as they're on the screen. iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud, Overcast.fm. Hop to them right now for the highest show on the streets. When we return, we dive into Mac Jones. Don't touch that dial. It's in my own words.